Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. And good morning to you. My name is Kathy Kaler. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Dischem Medical Monday, and thank you so much to Dischem for enabling us to... Uh, to put these shows together for you. Discam Medical Monday, it's a, it's a time and a place where we talk about health issues. Some of them, you know, are big picture issues and some of them really bring it right home. Just taking a look at some uh, headlines over the past, I don't know, since the 1st of August. When was that? That was last week, mm-hmm. Wednesday, I think. Um, sexually transmitted diseases on the rise. Um, let's have a look here. Um, global sexually transmitted diseases, some analysis on the treatment market, sexually transmitted infections are on the rise in Canada. Apparently Canadians are not behaving. Uh, Alarming increase in sexually transmitted infections found across the globe. Um, Army calls in health expert after steep rise in STIs amongst squaddies, being squaddies being their squadrons. Um... Gonorrhea cases in Northern Ireland, highest on record. STD, whichever way you look at it, sexually transmitted diseases, STDs are on the increase. And it absolutely, it confounds me. I cannot believe that in this day and age where we have STDs or sexually transmitted diseases that can kill you, that people are still having unprotected sex. So, my naivety aside, I'd like to welcome <clears throat> gynecologist um, Dr. Trudy Smith if, you have, if you've got any questions about STDs you're welcome to message us you can do it anonymously and uh, this is really where you're going to have access to answers to those, those questions any questions Okay, it's not a judgmental platform very happy to take your questions and this is how you get in touch 34519, that's the text line those texts are charged at 1 Rand 50 you can also uh, send us a telegram message on 061-895-1019 good morning Trudy, how are you? fine, Dr. thank you for having me oh, it's, my, it's such a pleasure <laughs> I mean it's only taken about two years it's always good to be here <laughs> it's always good to be in demand right? so are you finding the same thing? is it a case of... Um, Diagnosis is perhaps better that more and more people are being diagnosed. I think more and more people are perhaps coming to their practitioner rather than uh, diagnosis. I mean, we always diagnose STIs. But certainly, I think it's quite difficult in South Africa to know if it's on the rise. But uh, it certainly is a problem, and particularly amongst the sort of 20 to 30-year-old sexually active I'm young ladies. I'm people also much older in life. Absolutely. You know, and I saw an article about people in retirement homes. For sure. Retirement homes and retirement villages are getting STDs. We've never had STDs in their life. So what is going on? I think okay. <laughs> the, main, the main thing is people are not having protected sexual intercourse, and that's important. And I think if you are within a monogamous relationship, you hope it's monogamous, and the other person isn't uh, going elsewhere, then, you know, once you've – I always say to my young patients that I see, you know, who come to me for contraceptive or sexual advice to start, and I – you know, you should always have intercourse – with a condom. Even if you are in a monogamous relationship? Well, you know, initially in your relationship, early in your relationship, and then you can discuss STIs. You know, you can um, then both have an HIV test. Uh, you could even have an STI screen if you so wanted to. This sounds so sensible. It sounds so sensible, and it is completely contrary to what happens in the in the heart of passion. Absolutely, heart of passion. <laughs> He's the nicest person ever, or she's the nicest girl. And and the problem is, STIs do not see financial boundaries, social boundaries, sure. and whereas. People believe they have social financial boundaries. Oh, he's such a nice guy. He comes from a nice family. Or she's such a nice lady. She comes from a nice family. You know, SDIs don't know that you come from a nice family and you earn a truckload of money every month. They are there for everybody. And also, you know, it could be just that one time. 
Absolutely. It could be just that one time with somebody who perhaps has been promiscuous or somebody who also had a one time with somebody, somebody else. else who was promiscuous. Absolutely. Perhaps for us, one of the things, particularly in the private sector, we see a rise in is herpes. And herpes is very common out there. It really is common. You know, you used to be able to distinguish between oral herpes, that's the cold sore, and genital herpes, but they are interchangeable. You know, you can have oral intercourse with somebody who's got a herpes lesion or a herpes sore. Or cold sore. And you can then get genital, and then you herpes, get genital from herpes from that. So herpes are very common. And unfortunately, herpes is for life. You know, it's you. there is no cure for herpes. Okay, so hold on a second. <laughs> Let's just back up one second. So you're saying that there used to be two types of herpes. Yeah, well, we used to be able, we used to say herpes type one was for the... Was the, was the fever, fever blister. Fever type two was genital and never made the two mix, but they do mix. So, is you it know, because you people can, are having more oral sex? Well, that's a difficult one to quantify, but maybe because many people feel that oral sex is going to prevent you from getting HIV, particularly the youth. You know, the youth um, have a lot of oral sex uh, as opposed to penetrative intercourse. Yeah. So for them, um, you know, they feel that's going to protect them from STIs, particularly if you speak about HIV uh, and pregnancy. Obviously, that's going to um, be their main fear. But, you know, herpes can be transmitted orally, sexually. So somebody who's got, who's had, or somebody who has H, um, herpes. So somebody who has an active blister. Yes. Then has oral sex. You're going to get it. You're going to get, get genital, genital herpes. herpes. Even if, it, and what happens if the, if it's not an active, uh, So if you haven't got a blister or a sore, then you won't transmit But you're still herpes, a carrier, right? But you're a carrier. The same as in your vagina. You could have herpes up in the vagina and not see a blister. You could have herpes on the outside. Yes. Uh, and then you see a blister, and that's when you wouldn't have intercourse. Because unfortunately, in herpes, a um, condom won't necessarily protect you because it's skin-on-skin -skin really? contact. Well, remember that you can't put a condom from the bottom of your toes all the way up over your head to cover your genitalia. You know, the condom only covers the penis. So it protects you against HIV, protects you against pregnancy, but it doesn't protect you against all STIs totally. It's a good thing to have. And a good thing to use, but it doesn't protect you totally. You are breaking myths left, right, and center <laughs> here this morning. I'm speaking to Trudy Smith, Dr. Trudy Smith. She's a gynecologist. We're talking sexually transmitted diseases and uh, STIs, which is sexually transmitted infections. Sure. If you've got any questions, you've got any comments, love to hear them. Join the conversation. And you do that, 34519, that's the SMS line. You can also uh, send us a telegram on 061-895-1019. We're talking herpes. We're going to be talking about other ST, STIs. Can we just talk about, um, all right, so herpes, you said that you can actually get it from a, 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 a oral condom, genital contract. Right. And you said... The a condom, condom will protect you, but not 100%. So you've got a on If you've got any uh, lesions, for instance, any sores on your testes, yes, you know, the condom doesn't cover your testes. True. Do you understand? True. So the same as if, if the female has a herpes lesion on her vulva on the outside, that could be... The condom is not going to protect that. Is not okay. going to protect that. So from that perspective, the condom, if it's in the penis or if it's on the shaft of the penis where it normally is, yes, a condom will protect you against herpes. All right. Can we just maybe get like a profile of... Of the major STIs. So, so let's start with herpes because you've started with herpes. Yeah. So herpes is viral. Common. It's yes. very common. It's a, a viral infection. So you can't cure it. it. Herpes is for life. So you'll get recurrent herpes. So you'll get your first infection, which will be really painful, lots of blisters, and then it, it'll be fine. And then it reactivates because the herpes virus lives in the nerve cell and it reactivates um, at times of stress, often just before a period or after a period, um, if you, your immunity is particularly down, then you'll get a, a herpes outbreak or a herpes flare. And that would be for men and women. For men and for women. So herpes right. is common. Probably mm. the next commonest what does one. What it look like? You said uh, blisters. They blis blisters, little painful blisters. Okay. So they little sores. Like the, lots. 
uh, they can be a little crop. They, they, um, so shingles belongs to the herpes virus. It's yes. a different one, but it belongs to this. So shingles, it comes in what we call a dermatome in, in a section. So generally it'll come, the little blisters will come out in the same place all the time. There'll, there'll be a little area yeah. on your labia, on your, the shaft of your penis where it'll come out. The next one of the other common ones that nobody really talks about is chlamydia. So chlamydia is particularly common in Europe and in the States. And in fact, they will screen most young women below 25 for chlamydia. So chlamydia unfortunately causes infertility. Wow. So it, um, the chlamydia affects the fallopian tubes and it causes blockage of the fallopian tubes if you get an infection called a pelvic inflammatory disease and then it blocks the fallopian tubes. In men it, um, causes what we call a urethritis, pain in, in passing urine and they can get a discharge from their penis the same as women can get a discharge. So chlamydia is much more common in the younger patient difficult to screen for. You can do a swab uh, of the wee pipe and you can do a swab of the vagina. You can send urine off and check for chlamydia. Chlamydia can be treated. It's treated with an antibiotic. Um, is it painful? It can be or it can be asymptomatic. You can never know that you don't have, that you have it. That's the problem with chlamydia. Do we have any stats on how many infertile couples are picked up where it's picked up that we don't locally chlamydia? No, we don't, unfortunately. We presume if it's due to fallopian tube damage, then it, we presume that it might be due to chlamydia. But there are other reasons for fallopian tube damage, like endometriosis, etc. Yeah. So it's quite difficult to tell. Okay, so. But chlamydia can affect a newborn baby as well. So you can have chlamydia be pregnant and then it affects fetal eyes. So that's why we usually put cream, you know, an antibiotic cream in baby, fetal eye, in the baby's eyes to protect them against uh, chlamydia. Op- chlamydia. This is absolutely fascinating. Chlamydia. This is like a whole new world. <laughs> okay. So and it can affect the, babies. Yeah. The other okay. thing that we test for is syphilis. Every pregnant woman has a t- syphilis test, no matter who they are. Okay. So syphilis again. I thought um, that syphilis was something that was, you know, Victorian gone. era. No. Like, no. I mean, it just, I feel so naive. <laughs> So yeah. syphilis, um, the problem with syphilis in pregnancy is it can result in stillbirths, unexplained stillbirths. That's why we always check for syphilis because you can treat syphilis. And we treat syphilis even in pregnancy, but uh, we treat syphilis before pregnancy. That's why we always test patients. Um, we, it's part of your antenatal screen is syphilis. Okay, what is it? So syphilis, How does that you? Um, it can cause a sore, what we call a shanker. Um, it can cause ulcers. Uh, it can cause a type of a wart. Um, not really. It's like a flat wart. It's called a condylomata lata. Um, and it can cause an infection in your fallopian tubes. And it can also affect babies. And, and how it, does it affect and men? Tertiary syphilis can make you mad. You know, I of mean, course, all yes, those, right. you know, uh, Napoleon supposedly had syphilis, etc. So it can make, it affects your brain. If it's left unmanaged, untreated. So it might be not as common as it was in the Victorian days. It's not even that. Even in the, in the Roman times. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Petra supposedly, there was some talk of her and so No, better she died by snake bite. (laughs) Um, But I mean, some of the Roman emperors. Absolutely. They, they went completely no sugar. And that was from, from the promiscuity and syphilis. Absolutely. Okay, so we still get syphilis. And yeah. But that's treatable, you said. It's treatable. So then the most common in South Africa is HIV. Yes. So HIV obviously is manageable but not curable. So you don't have to die from HIV. You know, if you're on ARVs and you're well managed. Yes. But HIV, we know, is almost 100% protected if you use a condom. If you have protected sexual intercourse, you are unlikely to get HIV. So out of these, out of these four, herpes, chlamydia, syphilis, and HIV, HIV is the one that has the most potential to kill you. Is that correct? Well, untreated and it yet can the kill symptoms you. don't seem to be as obvious as with herpes and chlamydia and syphilis. 
Well, chlamydia can be asymptomatic totally. You may never know that yes. you've got chlamydia. Okay. Um, uh, syphilis, you may never know that you have syphilis. HIV, only at the end stages are you ill. Right. You don't know beforehand. Do you understand? It can be totally asymptomatic. Yeah. You can be fine for years and years and then become unwell with various infections because your immunity is down. So it doesn't necessarily mean if you're HIV positive that you're ill immediately. That can take years. All right. I'm speaking to Dr. Trudy Smith. She's a gynecologist. We're talking about STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. And uh, if you want to help me out and if you want to ask some questions, Perhaps you don't want to know them, but you're thinking of good questions that I could ask Dr. Smith. Then this is how you send them through. 34519, that's the text line. You can also send a telegram on 061-895-1019. We've spoken about herpes, chlamydia, syphilis, HIV. And uh, it really is crazy that in a in a day and age, I don't know, w- what is it, Trudy, about passion that kind of, all ration, reasoning, <laughs> logic goes out the door. Any sense of self-preservation gets shoved out the window. I don't know. That's love, isn't it? Is that love? <laughs> or is that just passion, <laughs> I right? Think passion. <laughs> I think passion. I think one of the other ones that we really need to speak about is genital warts. So genital warts are probably even more common than herpes. Oh, okay. So genital warts are very, 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 very common. Okay, so let's talk about it. So the thing with genital warts is you can get vaccinated against genital warts. So that's part of the the cervical cancer and genital warts vaccine. There's a vaccine against genital warts. So, for instance, in Australia, they vaccinate both boys and girls. It's compulsory. Otherwise, you can't enter a schooling system. Do you know that in Australia if you're not vaccinated? So everybody's like, oh, I'm not going to vaccinate my daughter. She's going to be a good girl. She'll never get these Yeah, diseases. she's also going to be stupid. And- you know, and the same with sons. So um, uh, there's a vaccine that's against human papillomavirus. Yes, which causes cancer, which can cause uh, Which cancer. causes cervical cancer. But there are many, many HPV types. But there are two kinds, HPV 6 and 11, that cause genital warts. They don't cause cancer, but they cause genital warts. Whereas 16, 18, 33, 51, 48, the others, there are some, a group of others, nine others, that cause cervical cancer and penile cancer and throat cancer and other kinds of cancers. But the, the HPV 6 and 11 are specifically for genital warts which are sexually transmitted. And again, it's skin-on-skin contact. But cervical cancer, we're all going to get HPV if we're sexually active, all of us, whether we like it or not. Really? It's a ubiquitous virus. It lives everywhere. You can't avoid it. You cannot avoid it. But it's the the two that you don't want to get is the 6 and 11, and then you don't want to, the cervical cancer ones, that most of you clear it, most of us clear it, unless you smoke. If you smoke, your risk of not clearing it is much higher. Yeah. So, but genital warts are common, unbelievably common. Do they look like a wart, like if you get it on your on your hand or your yes, foot? Yes, they do. And sometimes they can have a little stalk, uh, be on a stalk. So the ones on your hands are HPV one and two, and the one on the genitalia are six and eleven. So certain HPV types like certain areas. How's it treated? You have to cut them out, burn them off, no, and they come back. They have a high recurrence rate. That's the problem. Gosh. So you burn them off, they can come back. Okay, Carol, thank you so much. She says, uh, hi, I know a lady who has the herpes simplex. She can't talk, seems to have affected the brain. Tell us about that. So That's interesting. Herpes can... So herpes can affect the the nerve cells of the brain as well. So they can be neurologically affect the brain cells. But it's uncommon, thank God. Yeah. Now, also an SMS from a different number, and they might be talking about the same woman. I don't know. I've heard of the unsigned. says, I've heard of the herpes virus on the brain, and the lady was gravely ill. Not sure if she even survived. How does that happen? But remember I said to you that the herpes, um, you can have herpes simplex and herpes zoster, which is um, 
what do you call varicella zoster? I don't um, know about it. <laughs> uh, we were talking about it earlier before the show um, started. Shingles. Yes. So shingles is part of a herpes virus. Um, so it's the same family. It's the same family. But herpes simplex can affect your brain. They, they, the herpes virus lives in brain, in nerve cells. That's how it affects it. Wow. Okay. All right. So uh, if you've got any questions, you let us know. 34519, that's the SMS line, or telegram us. On zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. I'm Kathy Kayla. I'm speaking to gynecologist Dr. Trudy Smith. We're talking sexually transmitted diseases. Join the conversation. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. What with running kids around, organizing schedules, working, shopping, cooking, checking homework, and doing it all again the next day, who's got time to worry about prescription medicine? Diskem Pharmacies have, with a wide range of cost-effective generics, chronic medication management, repeat reminder calls, and over 113 dispensaries nationwide to collect from, plus free script deliveries within 10 kilometers of any branch. Diskem makes sure your family's health is taken care of. One less thing for you to worry about every day. Diskem, pharmacists who care. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Diskem, pharmacists who care. And good morning to you. I'm Kathy Kayla. Thank you so much for joining me. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sexually transmitted diseases because sex, STIs and STDs were, you know, it was usually the early 20s. You know, those, those years where you can't really remember, <laughs> right? Where you're kind of finding yourself and finding other people's selves. Anyhow, um, I actually saw that older people are getting STDs and STIs and I was, Completely gobsmacked. I thought there's life one day when I, you know, if I live to uh, go into a retirement village, but not if it comes with at the cost of STDs. So uh, joining me in studio, Dr. Trudy Smith. She's a gynecologist. You're welcome to send through any questions. And if there's a question that you're interested in, it doesn't have to be a personal thing. This isn't, you know, you consulting the doctor. Just Send it through, and this is how you get in touch. Three four five one nine. That's a text line. You can also send a WhatsApp on zero six one eight nine. It's not a WhatsApp, a Telegram, on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. All right, we've spoken about herpes. We've spoken about chlamydia, syphilis, HIV, and uh, genital warts, gonorrhea. So gonorrhea also used to be very, very um, common or, or spoken about a lot in the um, Victorian times, etc. So gonorrhea... But they didn't bath. Yeah, you I mean, don't, how much of that was just general no, hygiene? not really general hygiene. It's like multiple sexual partners. And obviously in those days there really, were no condoms. prim and proper ladies, huh? Yeah, but uh, you see, often, unfortunately, it was the males with harems who didn't really, it wasn't necessarily the ladies' fault. Right. Uh, but it might have been the ladies' fault, <laughs> but we don't know that. Uh, so gonorrhea, uh, again, is a bacterial infection. It can be treated, um, cured. Uh, with an antibiotic, it causes uh, what's called a urethritis, so an inflammation of the wee pipe. So in men, they can have painful. Yeah. <laughs> I love our medical technology here. Yeah. Medical Monday. Um, okay. So in men, they often have pain when they pass urine, or they can get a prostatitis, an inflammation of their prostate, and they can have a discharge, a, a dribble from, like a discharge from their penis. And in women, they get again a blocked fallopian tubes. Uh, an infection in their fallopian tubes that might result in infertility. And they can also get a pelvic infection or a pelvic inflammation. What's interesting about women compared to men is obviously women, we have a connection between the inside world, our inside abdomen and the outside world. Yes. And men don't have that. So through our cervix, um, a infection can go up through our fallopian tubes, and then affect our whole abdomen. Whereas in a man, it can only go up the urethra, the wee pipe, into their bladder. It can't go anywhere else. It can't go into their belly. That's where it ends. Do you yeah. understand? That's where it ends. So it ends with their bladder, their penis, and their prostate, and their testes. 
it doesn't go into their whole abdomen as opposed to women where those STIs like chlamydia and gonorrhea can go into our whole abdomen and then affect our fallopian tubes. Then we can get an infection all over our abdomen requiring intravenous antibiotics and sometimes even an operation because you get an abscess uh, inside your belly. Interesting. Mm. Um, Eddie wants to know what is a normal discharge? That's so, a good question. Thanks. Very Eddie. good question, Eddie. So all women have a discharge. And if they're not on a contraceptive, it becomes much thicker and mucusy like mid-cycle. So when you ovulate, when you go to mikveh, that's when you have your most discharge. It's usually not smelly. It's usually clear in color. It's not itchy. And it's not causing pain. Why do we have that discharge? I mean, is it, as women, like, is that, is that just, um, the way of the vagina clear, cleaning itself? Yeah. I mean, it is like a self-cleaning. A, it's like a self-cleaning oven, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> does a the self-cleaning same. fridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> self-cleaning vagina. So the biggest problem with a uh, woman is we feel we have to like scrub and clean. Too much. So the, the vagina, <laughs> the vagina contains normal bugs. It contains bugs. It's not a clean place. It's not sterile. Okay. The, the, there's a whole lot of organisms in your vagina and they all live in harmony. It's like an ecosystem. That's what we like. We like harmony. We like harmony. Yeah. The problem is. We don't like those other things. Yeah. Like the herpes, chlamydia, syphilis, exactly. HIV, genital, We like gonorrhea. harmony. We yeah. like harmony. But sometimes something alters that harmony. So antibiotics, for instance, if you douche, uh, if you bath. Okay, just define douching. Okay, douche is um, when you um, use either water or some um, substance that you um, mix with water and you literally flush out your vagina with it. Uh, so, so is a bidet then not a good thing? To douche? Yeah. No, no on, on, douche. A on a bidet. Oh, on a bidet, you're just washing. Yeah. But you're washing just with plain water. Don't use soap. If you're going to use anything, then use a vaginal-friendly soap, like uh, Gynecard, one of those vaginal soaps. Because the vagina is actually acidic. And when you use a normal soap, it's alkaline. If you use an acidic soap on your skin, it'll dry it out. So you should be using normal stuff. on. You should be using a specific vaginal wash or use water. Not soap, not but regular it, but, soap. But in a healthy vagina, you shouldn't need to use any soaps or anything, precisely, right? Precisely, precisely. But people... So if there's a smelly discharge, you should go and see your gani. Yeah, and there's a, a, a discharge that um, has a fishy smell, particularly after using soap, because when you wash with soap, it releases what we call amines, and it gives a fishy smell. And that's called gardnerella. It's not necessarily sexually transmitted. Okay. It's because something's grown out of um, out of sync in your ecosystem. Something disturbed your ecosystem, and then you need to you can have that treated. It'll cause a fishy, smelly discharge. That's so interesting. I mean, if you look at you know the the cycle of of mikvah and you know you've got your seven days, your mm. seven clear days, mm. and you have to check as a woman, you have to check every single day. So. It's almost kind of scheduled to check any discharge. Sure. Right? And I know, I know at least two women who have picked up problems, and the one was, um, I think it was cervical cancer, from checking the, because the, dis- she was never clear. the discharge. Yeah. Because you never clear. So cervi- there was just a change in it, and so she went to see her gynae, and, and there was a problem. So cervical cancer is different in that, again, it can be um, asymptomatic. You, yeah. you don't, uh, but you can have irregular bleeding and continuous bleeding. That's for cervical cancer. But also remember that you can get a candida, a thrush infection. Oh, we haven't even spoken about that. Well, candida, candida is not like, sexually not transmitted. STD. No, it's not an STD. So you right can, now I'm just putting everything into the STD box. <laughs> I feel yeah, so absolutely. ignorant. <laughs> but candida is not an STI because you don't, um, we don't treat the partner necessarily if, if the female has candidiasis. We, I can tell you the commonest cause of candida is women who bath Bath with bath oil, bubble bath, those are terrible things for vaginas. And bath oils, yeah, terrible. Terrible for the vagina. Has salt. No, you should be showering and not bathing. 
vaginas don't like baths. Really? No. Why? I mean, you're lying in your own filth. It's going up there in your vagina. <laughs> you should be having a shower. I mean, I That's know many women love to lounge in the bath with the bubbles and the candles, you know. Not good for the vagina. That's very That's the first time I'm ever hearing that. Um, Unsigned wants to know, what is trichomonas? Okay, so trichomonas, yes, very much so. So trichomonas is the thing that causes the fishy, can cause the fishy discharge. It's not necessarily sexually transmitted, but it's an abnormal, it can cause an abnormal discharge. Trichomonas vaginalis is what it's called. It's a flagellate. It's very pretty under a microscope. It's got a little tail. And um <laughs> it sounds strange. No, anything with a tail. Yeah. And as it, woman we should be running. Exactly. Mice, sperms, <laughs> rats, <laughs> sperms, it's those tails. Yeah. Snakes. You yeah. See? And this what's it? Uh, trichomonas. trichomonas. Yeah. So trichomonas is quite common after again, if you alter the pH, if you alter the normal flora in the vagina. Doesn't the pH in, in the vagina change? Throughout the month anyway. It changes throughout the month, most certainly, but it always remains slightly acidic. Okay. Yeah. What do you want us to know about STDs? I mean, you were saying that a condom won't always protect you. So what so, will? And how do you know if somebody? So you should a, remain within a single partner relationship yes. and hope that your partner remains within a single partner relationship. Sometimes the hope isn't enough. Yeah, I know. And that's why you should be using a condom. Uh, and you should be, if you're going to stop using a condom, I think you need to have an educated, together discussion with your partner and say, listen, are we in a monogamous relationship here? We should both have an HIV test if we are both HIV negative and nobody's got any other symptoms like an abnormal discharge from the penis or from the vagina, no sores, then maybe you could consider an, uh, you know, Unprotected sexual intercourse But we should be advocating dual protection The problem is Obviously also religiously It's difficult A condom um, I think it's better than unprotected sex Sure I mean Rabbi Kathy speaking I mean, I'm just saying But yeah it is But religiously <laughs> Religiously You should not be having sex outside of marriage Correct And that's whether you've ever been married or not Like it's that's, Within a monogamous relationship. I mean that, and that's, that's the that, that comes from the Torah. That's not something that the rabbis but that's, have said. But that's also to, you know, I mean, that prevents STIs, doesn't it? Sexually yeah. transmitted diseases. Yeah, and it's actually, um, while a man can have more than one wife, woman cannot have more than one husband. And if, as you've explained it, you know, whereas men, the infection is limited, women are much more vulnerable to... Um, STDs and STIs. Sure, they are more vulnerable. It goes, than males. It can go, it travels, you it, know, throughout our body. No, absolutely. Anyhow, that's just for an aside. Yeah. We're talking STIs and STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. And I'm speaking to Dr. Trudy Smith. She's a gynecologist. If you've got any questions, you are welcome to send them through. They've been very good, actually, because I am very naive, clearly, in this, uh, in this field, so maybe you've got some clever questions that you want to that you want me to ask Trudy, and you'd be helping me out a bit. So uh, this is how you get in touch: three four five one nine, that's the SMS line, or zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine on Telegram. Um, do any STDs cause a skin rash? Yep, they do. Um, gonorrhea can cause a skin rash. Um, and where would that be? Would that be like on or, your whole body? Or, yeah, on your whole body. They, they're uncommon and they're usually in the later stages of the disease. But yes, they can cause a skin rash. Okay. Um, do any of them cause weight loss? Um, HIV ultimately will cause weight loss, you know, at the end stages of your disease, um, but generally not, you know. The thing with STIs as well is the more um, immune compromised you are. So, for instance, unfortunately, with promiscuity often comes uh, alcohol, smoking, possibly even drugs, etc. Because, you know, when you're under the influence of other things, you might not be as acutely alert yourself 
um, in terms of protection. So, you know, often the unprotected sex comes with other issues. For instance, you know, if you've got an alcoholic binge and then you meet somebody and then you go back to their place, etc. So your immune system may not be at its best uh, at the time you contract your STI. Or alternatively, you could have other immune issues. For instance, if you are on chemotherapeutic drugs or if you are on high-dose steroids for something, you might not be able to fight that infection as well yourself. So always better to protect yourself than not protect yourself. Um, do any of these STIs or STDs cause uh, night sweats? So the, not really. So the commonest, um, thing to cause night sweats is actually TB. So tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is quite common. And, and the weight loss as well. And the weight loss. But tuberculosis can also be in your genital system. So you can get tuberculosis of your uterus and of your fallopian tubes. Um, and men can have tuberculosis in the bladder, etc. But they are rare. But it certainly can happen. But it would cause, you know, if you've got any infection, you can get night sweats. Or maybe you're just a menopausal woman having night sweats. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what's causing the night sweats. Okay. Um, itching, swelling, or redness near your goods? So itching, swelling, redness, particularly of the vulva, the outside is often associated with candida, with thrush infection. But what we need to be careful of, particularly in the elderly, is that, you know, I, I think for me what is the most frustrating thing is often they'll go to a general practitioner, I'm itching down there, and then they'll get a cream, a schmear, you know, and then I'm itching down there, you get another schmear. But nobody looks. Nobody looks down there. We're like, what's making you itch? So, for for instance, I if a patient has a chronic itch that they and a discharge that they've treated with over the counter stuff, we should be swabbing it. We should be doing a swab to see what is it exactly and how can we treat it specifically instead of um, just randomly using medication without examining what's going on. Because there are other things that also cause a burn and an itch down there. There's two organisms that are called mycoplasma, and there's urea plasma, urea lyticum. They are not necessarily sexually transmitted. They can live normally in your vagina, but they can, again, the zoo can get out of harmony, and they can be sexually transmitted, causing problems. So it's absolutely so difficult. Fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Okay. Can men get candida? They can. Candida. Particularly, yes, they can. Uh, funny enough, particularly uncircumcised males, um, you know, underneath the foreskin, but in circumcised males, they can also get candida. How does that manifest? What does it look like? Uh, they get a r red, now you're speaking to the gynecologist who doesn't look at them that often, but, uh, you get a red, uh, penile shaft that's itchy. So, and it's also much more common in diabetics and in diabetic males and females. You can, if you keep getting recurrent candida, um, you should think about diabetes as uh, as a possible issue. Absolutely fascinating. I mean, when when one talks about our, our sexual organs and and the things that can go wrong. Firstly, I love how you described it as the zoo. When the harmony of the zoo can get out of balance, because sometimes it does. It is like a bit of a zoo, right? It is a zoo. <laughs> I'm Kathy Kaler. My guest is Dr. Trudy Smith. She's a gynecologist. We're talking about STDs, um, mainly in women, being a gynecologist. But um, I think you've kind of proved that you can speak to men's SDDs as well. If you want to send through any questions, you are welcome to. And uh, how you do that is on 34519. That's the SMS line. You can also send a telegram on 61 Eight nine five one zero one nine, and uh, you can also you'd also be helping me out a bit. You know, these don't these have to just be questions that uh, you know that perhaps you want to you want to ask. Okay, uh, Unsigned says, how important is it for a teen boy to have HPV inoculation, and at what age? That's a great question. So, um, in South Africa, 
particularly in government schools, it is uh, on what we call the EPI or, you know, it's the on the normal system is we vaccinate girls and not boys. And that's really for bang for your buck. In other words, if you're going to uh, save money, you would start with the girls. If you were um, financially cash strapped, you'd start with the girls before boys. But you can vaccinate both girls and boys. That's the ideal. And certainly um, we know that the more people we vaccinate, the less likely, you know, if you can eradicate a disease, that's what we want to do. We want to eradicate on a smallpox it. We want a smallpox it. But, you know, remember that people are also have stopped vaccinating. And for us, that's a huge big problem. And that's a separate discussion. But um, the... It's what is called herd immunity. So if you vaccinate boys and girls, the likelihood of eradicating the disease is much better. So um, you should vaccinate prior to the age of 14. They only need two vaccines. After the age of 14, uh, they need three vaccines. And it's just because immunity is better the younger you are. Is it too late once they're sexually active? Um, it's never too late at all. Once they're sexually active, um, the ideal is before sexual activity, but it doesn't have to be at all. The same with girls. So it doesn't treat any existing disease. So if you have genital warts and you get a vaccine, it's not going to make them go away at all. Because how the vaccines work is that they prevent the organism from entering into the cell and multiplying. But once they're in the cell and already multiplying, it's... It's not going to do any good. Do you? It's not. It's not going to make it worse, um, but it's not going to solve your genital warts um, from happening. So certainly, we would like um, to have definitely girls and boys vaccinated prior to the age of fourteen, because then they only need two doses. Then it's cheaper. Okay. So what? So we've discussed herpes, chlamydia, syphilis. HIV, genital warts, gonorrhea. What are the other STDs that are kind of out there? So there's some rare ones. They're called chancroid. Um, chancroid Hold are. On, you said that earlier. You said chancroid was no, something. It's a chancre. Oh, that was a syphilis. syphilis. Right. But okay. there's um, chancroid. Basically, it's also a uh, organism, and it causes ulcers and scarring of that whole genital area. So it swells up your glands and it causes scarring of that area. There's another one called lymphogranularum venerium. Very long word. But that those cause beefy ulcers on the outside and cause um, scarring. It looks like a huge big sore, beefy looking sore of the outside of your lips and it causes terrible scarring and inflamed big glands. It's luckily enough quite uncommon. Is oral sex a good thing or a bad thing? I think sex I'm is asking a for your <laughs> medical opinion, not your personal one. <laughs> Consensual sex is always, it's always a good thing. Yes. Because then you can have the discussions if Absolutely. it's consensual, right? Protected sex is obviously always a good thing. And oral sex, why not? In a monogamous relationship. <coughs> In a monogamous relationship, absolutely. Is it very risky to engage in oral sex um, outside of a monogamous relationship? But isn't do we have any do we have any stats on that? No, but I mean, if you having oral sex outside of a and you're already within a relationship and you're having it outside of a the relationship. relationship, you know, you're at risk, obviously, of herpes and um, the emotional things that go with it. Sure. Um, so that's a difficult question. And, and you're talking about it from an STI perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason I ask is because there's a perception, especially amongst younger, younger people, um, some of whom have not even left school yet, that oral sex is not sexual intercourse because there's no, uh, you know, penile penetration. Absolutely. And yet it is, and it's equally risky. It's definitely as risky. And unfortunately, that is probably the commonest way of sexual experimentation within the youth is oral intercourse because yeah. it's perceived as not intercourse. 
and it, and it and it can you know you can still get herpes from it sure. you um can still get other STIs the question of uh, HIV acquisition within oral sex is a difficult topic um so yeah it's not it's not i would say without risk if you've got any questions help me out here we've got another 10 minutes if you've got any questions that you think that I should be asking, Dr. Trudy Smith, send them through, 34519. I understand these are not questions that you want to know. You just think that they would be good questions for me to ask. Send them through, 34519, that's the uh, SMS line, or on Telegram if you have the app, on 0618951019. There's an unsigned message that says, uh, bladder infections in women, are they sexually contracted? Is the infection E. coli? I wish you had signed your name, but it's fine if you didn't want to. I no, think that's so a great question. I didn't even know about so this. So E. coli is the commonest kind of infection that affects the bladder. Uh, it is not necessarily a sexually transmitted, although um, often if you are having lots of intercourse, um, you're at higher risk of getting a bladder infection particularly if you have intercourse when your vagina is not well lubricated, if you're getting a lot of action when you are a bit older and your vagina is a little bit dry in the menopause, um, your risk of a urinary tract infection is higher. And particularly if they've cultured an E. coli, that's not sexually transmitted. Um, it needs to be treated. There are some, like I said, sexually transmitted uh, urinary tract infections, but they're much less common, like, for instance, a chlamydia, etc. But uh, E. coli is the commonest. But you're more likely to get a honeymoon cystitis or an inflammation of your bladder without an organism from having lots of intercourse. Okay, so uh, yeah, in the words of Betty White, you know, do you know Betty White, the comedian? No, what did Betty you know White say? You know her quote? Said? No. She said, "Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can really take a pounding, and then you end up with what's it, honeymoon cystitis? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think to try and prevent, but also to try and prevent a, a urinary tract infection is um, obviously. Uh, to try and empty your bladder before you have intercourse, after intercourse. Um, and if they're recurrent, then you need to see somebody. Um, okay, thank you so much. Another message coming through. My friend claims repeated shingles in her mouth and throat. Diagnosed. Uh, hold on, sorry. It's just disappeared. Um, wow. Lots of messages. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. Uh, my friend claims repeated shingles in her mouth and throat, diagnosed by a doctor. How true is this? Can you get shingles in your mouth? That's a great question. Thank you. She's, um, I can't, I'm not sure that I'm the right person to answer on the shingles. Uh, it can go to your mouth. brain, it can go anywhere, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure it could do. Um, it sounds like they need to see an infectious diseases specialist, and there are such people. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, your conversation this morning is, li is scaring the living daylights out of me. Yeah, I, I, sorry. I don't think the conversation... Sorry, is, uh, I'm now at an age where I'm celibate. You don't have to be, apparently, if... Uh, I mean, you don't have to be celibate, right? Definitely Especially not. If you're not. And in, I don't think you should your, be celibate. In your, slight, you know, in your more senior years. Yeah, look, celibacy is... I mean, I think you need to be in a committed relationship with um, consensual um, yeah. sexual intercourse and just use a condom, you know, protect yourself. And ladies, you don't need a man to use a condom. You can use a femidom. It's a female condom. So we don't need to have a male condom. You can How use a female used? condom. So a female, it's a bit like having sex, I suppose, with a packet. But um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's a thing that fits into the vagina. It's like um, it's got two rings, one that goes in the vagina and one on the outside. 
And it's like a plastic sheath that goes into the vagina. Plastic is not the right word, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> a bit like having sex with a packet. Mm. Okay, good. There we go. Um, if herpes can't be cured as it's viral, how is it treated? Thank you so much for that. And also, so we treat it symptomatically. So we do use antivirals to try and, um, lengthen the time period between attacks. Um, and we use antiviral cream on the actual lesions when they come. You can usually feel when a herpes is coming. It's the same as oral herpes. You get like a tingling fee- feeling, and that's when you put an antiviral onto the area, a cream onto the area. So if women have, have troubles with our gear, right, Yeah. with our goods, we go off to our gynecologists. Correct. Who do men go to? A urologist. Is, is that it? I mean, w- it. they would, they but would, they, I mean, both could go to their general practitioner. They don't have to go to a gynecologist or a urologist. I'm not sure that I'd be comfortable with my GP. I, I'm not to say that I don't love GPs. I love sure. GPs, but it's just, you know, we've got our. Yeah, I think we mustn't be a, our general practitioners are excellent as well. They just need to be able to examine those bits. You know, what often happens is you go there and then you're like, no, you can't look there, but I've got a discharge. Give me a cream. You know, how is he meant to treat you appropriately or she is meant to treat you appropriately if they haven't looked there? So, um, certainly the general practitioner, but uh, a male gynecologist is a urologist. Okay. And the female okay, is that the was gynecologist. Actually, uh, thank you so much, Pat. Pat sent through that question. I think that that's a great question. Sure. Because I'd never even thought about it. Absolutely. Okay, but obviously so a urologist can see a female as well. Gynecologist, not a male. I don't know. I mean, you know, with gender, you know, when we gender fluid and things of like course. that. I mean, we could go. Absolutely. Even if we don't. I have a numerous <laughs> transgender patients who I see. So... Definitely, you can go to a gynecologist, but a, a gynecologist is not very good at examining penises. We're, definitely, you need a vagina and a cervix and a uterus. So what happens with, with transgender people if, they, if they're coming to you? In terms of... In terms of like, in, I mean, would, would somebody who has um, had gender reallocation to female come to you because they now have a uterus and a cervix, even though they can't give birth... Uh, I mean, so were they vagina. male, they yeah. trans to female. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. have a uterus, but they can have a vagina that is made for them. Um, this so STDs and, and things that they, they have to have checked out, right? STIs, for they sure. Have pap smears. For, uh, not if you don't have a cervix, you don't need a pap smear. So uh, a male to female trans doesn't necessarily have to have a pap smear. But uh, um, a female to male trans who has not had um, gender reassignment surgery, uh, who still might have a cervix, does unfortunately require still to have a checkup. Absolutely incredible. I have learned so much. This is a whole new world. And uh, Trudy, I've got to get you back here. It's got, it can't Please take two years. <laughs> Please. You're always welcome. <laughs> That's uh, Dr. Trudy Smith, gynecologist. Thank you so much for helping me out. You know, You know when you don't know what you don't even know? <laughs> That's how I felt this morning And I think that I would have been absolutely lost Without your questions So thank you so much for sending them through And uh, we'll be back on your radio Stay safe Just before just before we go yes. Just last word on staying safe And having safe sex That we don't have to be having these conversations About herpes, chlamydia, syphilis, HIV Genital warts and gonorrhea With our doctors Monogamous And our partners Monogamous Monogamous Condom, condom, condom. If you, you know, that's all I can say. And I think as women, protect yourself. That's the most important as thing. As nice as you think he is. Protect yourself. You are nicer and you deserve better. <laughs> you see. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for coming, Trudy. Thanks, Craig. And uh, God bless. Stay safe. Have fun, though. And uh, I'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye.